Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Huawei has decided to go forward with a full-blown legal offensive after defending itself for years against U.S. accusations of espionage and bank fraud and even criminal charges for alleged theft of trade secrets. Joining me is Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School. Peter, according to Bloomberg sources, Huawei plans to file a lawsuit this week. What might some of the claims be? Well, certainly one of the claims uh, appears to be that the legislation that prevents the government from purchasing equipment from Huawei and another company, ZTE, is what they're going to call a bill of attainder, which is not something that many people are familiar with. But in the Constitution, it says that Congress can't pass a law that designates an individual as a criminal without their having gone through a full-scale criminal trial and criminal prosecution. So I think what they're going to try to claim is that the legislation that was passed last year is, in fact, an unconstitutional bill of attainder. That's a very hard argument to win, but certainly something that they can try in an effort to slow down the federal government. Another front for Huawei is a lawsuit in Canada by Huawei's finance minister for allegedly trampling her constitutional rights. Tell us about that. Well, it's an interesting claim that their former chief financial officer, or maybe current chief financial officer, has made that she's claiming that when she was first detained by the Canadian authorities, that they got her to give her passwords for cell phones and an iPad, and only later did they explain that, in fact, she was being detained at the request of the United States government. So they're trying to raise an issue here that the way the Canadian authorities acted was improper, and therefore that taints the entire extradition process, and she should not be sent to the United States to face the criminal indictment that was returned in Brooklyn uh, and unsealed back in January. That seems like a very technical argument, and aren't almost all cases of extradition to the United States honored by Canada? Usually they are, and certainly the the key issue in extradition is uh, what's called dual criminality. Does each country designate certain conduct as a criminal violation? Usually you don't look at the procedures that the police followed, but if she's raising a constitutional claim under the Canadian Constitution and says her rights were violated, that could have some impact on how the Canadian court and ultimately the Canadian Justice Ministry determines whether to extradite her to the United States. Peter, let's talk about the cases pending against Huawei. It pleaded not guilty to charges of trade secret theft in Seattle. It will be arraigned on March 14th on fraud and sanctions charges in Brooklyn. Tell us a little bit about those two cases. Well, the Seattle case is 
coming out of a case that T-Mobile had filed, essentially claiming that Huawei sent spies in to steal the plans for a robot that T-Mobile used in order to figure out whether cell phones were having issues. That one is a fairly straightforward trade secrets case. The Brooklyn case is really the, the probably the greater threat to Huawei because it's alleging uh, bank fraud and a series of false statements by what the government claims was still an active subsidiary of Huawei that was dealing with Iranian companies. And of course, that's in violation of the American economic sanctions law, but also, too, that Huawei convinced banks to do transactions with the Iranian companies and lied to the banks. And, of course, bank fraud is a very serious offense. For the former CFO, it could be punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Now, unlikely anyone would get that, but that's a very serious crime, and one certainly the federal government uh, and the Justice Department views as a significant violation. How much are these prosecutions of Huawei about the U.S. concern about 5G wireless technology and Huawei's place in the development of that? Well, certainly the uh, the legislation that was passed, and if Huawei challenges that legislation, it's really designed to keep Huawei out of the United States market. And, of course, its products have been appealing because they are at a fairly low price. And so telecommunications companies are always going to go usually with the lowest bidder. But this is truly an effort to keep Huawei's equipment out of the United States because of concern that somehow the Chinese government will be able to use it for spying purposes. So, you know, this is one part of a much broader effort here to confront China over trade secret theft and how the Chinese government is subsidizing companies and trying to get their products into the United States. I think this is a serious concern, certainly, of the Trump administration. And I think they are quite willing to confront China over this and to use Huawei, in a sense, as if you will. Now, I don't want to say a puppet, but maybe as a cutout or a vehicle to try to confront the Chinese government. What kind of penalties, if Huawei is found guilty in Brooklyn, what kind of penalties could the company face? Well, it could certainly face some uh, serious forfeiture penalties. And indeed, there is the chance that the government would try to claim or to take all of its U.S. subsidiaries' assets as part of an asset forfeiture, because the dollar figures that are involved here with the Iranian trading are quite substantial. And so there is a forfeiture count in there. That's Peter Henning of Wayne State University Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.